Welcome to Pat's Interference Pod, your favorite college football podcast. The season is over, but sad. the podcast is not. It's very sad. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Highwire Brewing this evening. They do not know we're podcasting at Highwire Brewing, but we are. Also, we just disrupted a Paxton Rimbus date on accident, which was fun. They were doing uh, some trivia inside, and he did not know the answer to the question. The question It was being, live and let die. It was live and let die. It's live and let die. I told him. Okay, well, you I cheated, told him. so you helped Paxton cheat. I don't care. Wow. I'm so, oh, I'm sorry for taking care of my son. So, yeah, they're doing trivia inside um, Highwire. Uh, incidentally, that's also where my first date with MC was about this time 51 weeks ago. This, Shout this out. Week, this time next week will be a year from our first date our, here on Trivia Night. Our number one listener, Mary Caroline Sharp. She will never listen to this podcast. I can say whatever I want about the old ball and chains right here. Go ahead. No, <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> it's a scary thing. She would, fi- she would find a way to hear it. That's terrifying. Oh, uh, uh, we both bowled 157s today. We bowled 157s. You had a you had a sick game. Your last game, your last game was great. You it bowled, was insane. I bowled, you bowled a 155. I did. And you had two frames that weren't spares. Yes, one strike, eight spares. Which and is crazy because you had two frames where you bowled a zero your first. I ball. did. I did. So if I could just get that first bowl going right. I'd be in business. We're 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 both hitting 200 before the year is out. We're both hitting 250 before the year. Is I'm out. landing a kickflip. It's flip. a long year. I'm landing a kickflip this year, and we're both bowling 200. I'm gonna land a cartwheel this year. Just one brilliant cartwheel. You could do that tonight. Like Creed Bratton. <laughs> <laughs> so great, so great. Uh, if you've never listened before, I'm not sure why you're listening now since college football is over. Uh, but I've got great news. College football is over. Podcast is not. We have a ton of off-season podcast episodes coming your way. Uh, all of which, including but not limited to, uh, favorite video games, favorite movies. Uh, we're going to go over God of War Ragnarok. I think we're going to devote an entire playlist to that or a podcast to that, um, and just kind of go from there. What's going to happen when we enjoy talking about video games and movies and God of War and women and all the other vices we're in the world not, more than we, we like talking? We're not doing a women podcast. <laughs> no, like. Pr- you know, but what I'm saying is, what happens when we like that more than college football and we have to go back to talking about boring old college football? We don't have to months. do anything. This is our podcast. This is our podcast. And there's only like three million people that listen to this, and they're at our whim. So we'll anyway, whatever we say, our Georgia club TCU to death in the national championship game. Do we want to talk about it too much? Yes, I do. I actually want to. I have a little diatribe. Can I go the then? Because I don't, yes, and then please. I can just enjoy my evening. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw this coming. We didn't see this coming, but we saw a multiple score... A multi-score Georgia win, right? Yes. I think we all knew that was coming. We all being our podcast family. Um, it's the most meh way to end an otherwise really exciting college football season that I can remember. I was fine with Georgia winning. I just wanted TCU to put up a fight, and they did even less than that. I feel bad for Max Duggan. I don't think TCU should look at this as too big of a black eye, but it is an indictment on um, – I think college football as a whole a little bit. I think it would have been a lot better for college football. I think I said this last episode, but it would have been a lot better for college football for TCU to at least come close because then it wouldn't seem like it is SEC and then everyone else. And now that is very, very much what it seems like, if it didn't already seem like that already. Um, This was the playoff committee's worst nightmare. Worst case scenario. Uh, and it's a good – This, if you weren't pro-12 team playoff – Going into that, I don't know how you can't be now. The more I've thought about it, the more I am. Um, now, I think that four should have been perfect. But the way that they did four with a 
playoff committee. Just arbitrary people that have, for some reason, have more opinions than better opinions than the rest of us. So, 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 when you when you introduce something like a four-team playoff and having a committee decide who makes it in, you inevitably now bring in politics, and that's what happened this time around. It was politics, right? We know we all probably. Gun to your head, everybody probably knew that Alabama was a better team than TCU, right? Yeah, I, right? yes, but they didn't play like it, and that is what matters. Right, but no, but they preach best four teams. That was that was going into the four-team playoff with the committee. Uh, Argo, sure, no. then what's to say USC shouldn't have been in? D- what I'm saying is that you look at, you, when we started the 12-team playoff back in, or 14 playoff, sorry, back in 2014, 2015, whenever that was, uh, and they, you know, got on, got up there, and they kept preaching best four teams. That's why this is good. We want best four teams. No more BCS. Best four teams. We all knew that wasn't what we got this year because they couldn't. They had to play a little bit of politics. They could not let Alabama in with two losses. Alabama didn't deserve to be in. TCU did, right? But I didn't say best four teams anymore. Now we're talking deserving, which is not the spirit of that playoff, which is what happened nine years later. We have this sort of bastardized version of what they call the best four teams. So they did that, sort of expecting TCU to lose in the first game, right? Right, TCU would lose to Michigan. We'd get a Michigan-Georgia final, probably. And even better, they'd get a Michigan-Ohio State final. But the one thing they knew for sure was that Jim Harbaugh and Michigan were more than likely going to be in the national championship. But TCU had a horseshoe up their ass. They had 28 points go their way, right? They had a two pick sixes, and they had twice Michigan with the ball on the one-yard line that did not turn into any points, zero points. That's 28 points right there. So they had their worst-case scenario. Everybody knew it was going to happen in the final, and it was the worst ratings in our lifetime. So going back to the uh, 90s, yes. since the BCS, or going back to the 90s. Yeah. Which is, which is as popular as football is, that is a horrible stain to have. So let me, let me ask you this. Since the BCS. Do you think the 12-team playoff solves the issue of we no longer have to talk 12? Are the four best teams? We have to talk 12 best teams? 12 best teams is— Wait. Yeah. Or— because my thing is, like, I, I hear that argument. I understand that argument. And obviously, yes, I think Alabama puts up a better fight. I don't think anybody's disagreeing with that. But I also don't know that Alabama beats Michigan. No. And I definitely don't think they beat Ohio State. I think that would have been a n- nightmare matchup for Alabama. But had they, had they, do you think that it would have been 66-7 in the national championship to Georgia? Uh, no, and of course not. But again, so does the 12-team playoff solve the issue of most deserving, or now we just getting into the most deserving 12 or the best 12? I think it's, it makes a whole lot of difference when you're splitting those hairs between 12 and 13 with the way college football is set up than 4 and 5. I agree with when that. When you're splitting hairs between 4 and 5, you're making a huge, huge decision. When you're doing 12 and 13, well— you know, those top teams at the top are probably – that cream's probably going to rise anyway. I, I have no issue with TCU being in the playoff. I have I have zero qualms with it. They lost one game. It was a one-possession game in their conference championship. I have no issue with no, TCU being deserving. in the playoff. They yes. were deserving. My whole point is putting TCU in means that we're not doing what we were doing in 2014 anymore. You're, we're not doing right. best team and anymore. So that's my issue. Which is why is, – Is not – the fact that TCU got in and they were deserving. It is the language surrounding the playoff that was four best teams. Yes. Right? It, it was every single moment that someone's like, well, should they get in over them? Should this team be in over that team? And yada, yada, yada. Slowly turned into, you know, uh, uh, well, you know, bottom line. 
four well, best teams. Bottom is, line, four best teams. And then it's just you, you just paint yourself into a corner so badly that way. Because, again, Cause no you're one leaving was, that up to a committee to decide. And no one was asking you to say that. Yeah. No one was going, okay, well, what is the bottom metric? You could have said, hey, we're going to be judging based on these five rec- uh, uh, metrics, right? Yeah. Win-loss record, how they perform in conference play, how they performed out of conference, their worst game, and their best game. If you judge people based on those five metrics, those are the four best teams in college football. Mm-hmm. Period. Done. Right. Well, one of the things that makes the NCAA tournament so good is that it has automatic qualifiers. You need automatic qualifiers or something like that yes. in a scenario for it to be good. Because you know what? I could just look at you and say, these are the four best movies. And you'd look at me and be like, no, the hell they're not. I go, yes, they are. Yeah. It's, me and my friends came up with this list. It's, well, what does that mean for anybody? It's Toy Story 3, Stuart Little 2. The little, a the little giants. Not, no way to decide who goes to a playoff, and we liked it because it was different in the beginning. And I think we've all grown kind of tired of it. And that's what happened. That's what happened with the BCS. People liked the BCS in 2000. They did not like it in 2012. That's the way it's going to go. And people will grow to like the playoffs at 12 team playoff, and then they'll grow to want something different. Let me let me ask you. Let me ask you another question that sort of just popped in my mind based on this conversation. Does Michigan play Georgia closer in the championship game? I think they do. So why in the world did we go away from the BCS? Because we kept ending up with... Um, because if this had been the BCS, we would have had a better matchup. We kept ending title. up with three teams being undefeated at the end of the year. Now, granted, I think TCU probably played the worst game they've played, not this year, in the last five years, which is saying a lot because I think three years ago they were, what, a 7-6 team, 7-5 team? Um so I don't know. It's just it, there's it, BCS tough. makes no sense in a thing like college football with five power conferences and 126 teams. The NFL doesn't even take the best team from the NFC and the best team from the AFC. It makes more sense to do that in the NFL than in college. I with yeah. so many variables. No, I'm I'm with you there. So, I'm with you there. I just think I think I mean it doesn't matter anymore, doesn't. right? The the 14 playoff is going to be in the rear view soon. Um, you know, it's just I think when this started. A lot of people who were big proponents of the BCS system kept saying over and over again, okay, well, when is four not going to be enough? When is eight not going to be enough? I think eight. And we're already, we have not even done this, Mm -hmm. right? But now we're going to get into a world, and I agree with you, where it's going to be, well, 12 is too many. Mm -hmm. I think 12 is, but I think eight with five automatic qualifiers. Yeah. Right? You win your power five. 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 Group of five. Five AQs and then three at large. And then three at large. Probably, usually, being one group of five, unless there's nobody deserving. And then you still get – Kansas State would have been in those playoffs if we did that, but they won their league. Automatic qualifiers should be a big thing in sports. Anyway, I don't know. I mean – And then would you have a G5 champ? I'm not saying that 12 is the perfect fix, but I think 12 is better than four, where a group of adults who we don't really know all their names decide the the fate of the sport. If it's eight teams, do you have a group of five champion? Um, Yeah. Represented, yeah, right. So whoever traditionally would have gone to the Cotton largest. Bowl, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, flip side of the ball, and I mentioned this movie a little bit earlier. The Little Giants. Stetson Bennett played a whale of a game. Uh, he is 26, but you know, uh, all credit to him. He was the laughing stock. He has a lifetime record of one and two against Alabama, um, but you know, he won the one that counted. And uh, yeah, he finished off a great career at Georgia. And um, uh, let's ask this. True or false, one year from now, Stetson Bennett is on an NFL team. Um, I think some team could potentially make true a True or false? Player. True or false? I'll say true. This time next year? Yeah, some, I'll say true. He'll I'm going to say false. He'll be, he'll be on a practice squad somewhere. I'm going to say false. I think he became a, a very easy target because he's old. He's a little bit cringy sometimes, but 
I mean, every time I watch Georgia, I very rarely watch them and went like Setson Bennett's a bad quarterback, which is the rap he got for a lot of his career, that he was a bad quarterback. He was good at times great. Now, was he legendary? That's where you kind of get into no. the, well, he won two national titles. Is A.J. McCarron legendary? Because so, they're on that same plane. I will ask you the next question. 2022 Georgia, greatest college football team ever? No, not even close. No, I don't think so either. No, they barely beat Missouri. They they, they didn't. The, last, the 2021 version Buddy, of Georgia. But it was a one-possession game against Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, the, the 2021 version of Georgia was undoubtedly better. I mean, that was a top three defense of my lifetime, that Georgia team. Um, and the offense was about the same, uh, maybe slightly worse. I think Georgia's offense is a little better this year. Brock Bowers is – I don't even know how, how he can be as good as he is. But yeah. back-to-back natties, man. Uh, yeah. Question, I mean, have they overtaken Alabama? Um, no. I, don't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't be willing to say that until next year if, if there is another Alabama team that fails so miserably. Among their standard, I know a Sugar Bowl championship and um, all that is 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 to be desired by most of college football. But I'd say if Georgia goes to the national title again next year and Alabama isn't even in the playoff, then yes. See, I think I said almost exactly what you just said last year. I think I said after the championship and people are asking his Kirby pass save, and I think I said, well, if no. Bama can't uh, do it next no. year with Bryce and Will Anderson and Georgia does it again, yeah, I'll say it. Well, here's the thing: you can chalk up as much as you want to one game. But there is just absolutely no reason to do that. Like I, I just I don't I don't think you can call. No, I'm, I mean I'm calling two seasons what it is. I mean back to back championships has only been done by. I think it needs to go through one full recruiting cycle before you do that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't see a world where it makes sense to claim that after two seasons when one of the teams had an actual baboon calling plays on offense and the other team had a 26 year old at quarterback and an offensive uh, great offensive mind. But that guy could have gotten rid of the baboon. Nick Saban could have gotten rid of him. After one season where he goes to the national title? You wanted him to. You've been asking all season why didn't we? Buddy, completely agree. But I think to say that Kirby has overtaken Saban because of that decision is ridiculous. No, no, I, I said program-wise, which I guess is sort of an indictment on that's, the head coach. But, that's, but, but no, that is what I'm saying to you. I think that entire question comes down to the worst coordinator Alabama has ever had. That goes through the 2000s and 90s, by the way, for the old heads that want to keep yelling at me about, you don't remember how bad it was. I sure do. I grew up in Tennessee in the 90s. I absolutely remember how bad it was. Promise you that. Now, I was just playing devil's advocate because I do think I, – I just know that I said that last year out loud. I, I, I did say that if, if Alabama can't get it done with Bryce and, and Stetson wins another one, then, yeah, I think that it's safe to say. But I don't know that it will be a – I think I'll say that Georgia has overtaken Bama when it becomes a bigger deal to beat Georgia. When people start actually making signs to say, we want Georgia, then I'll know that it's happened. Right? Georgia hasn't lost a regular season game in th- since COVID. Since the COVID season. Uh, yeah. Right? Eventually, it will come. If, if Georgia keeps winning all of their regular season games, which they will next year. I mean, Bama's lost, what, two? Three. Yeah. Three and, and two years. A&M last year, yeah. yeah. Three and two years. I'm okay with Right. I, I just I don't know. I don't feel like there's any reason to say that. I don't think that it's really fair to write off Clemson yet. Uh, college football. I think Georgia's ahead of uh, ahead of Clemson for sure. A, a dynasty is. Uh, yeah. No, I'd agree with that. But the people who are writing off Clemson and saying, "Oh, it's dead in the water. It's really bad. It's really bad. It's really bad." You can't do that yet. Oh, they'll still be my pick to win the ACC next. You year. can't do that ahead yet. Ahead of Florida State, even uh, though everybody. Josh. Uh, the top Josh five. Pate said it 
really, really well the other day that a dynasty does not move like a train. It moves like an iceberg, mm-hmm. right? You don't know what a dynasty looks like. You don't know that it's over until four or five years after it's over, right? Um, so, no, I'm not I'm not ready to take that route yet that Georgia has surpassed Bama. Um, you know, I think if we played – if Alabama and Georgia played five times, it would be 6-4 Georgia this year. I, I really do. Um, but I would be in agreement. You know, I, I think – credit to Georgia – They've they've taken um, Alabama's formula, made it their own, uh, and won two championships off of it. I do have a big question, and this is just a weird, this is just something that popped in my head that I'll forget to say on the podcast if I don't. Right? Everybody's uh, looking at Georgia's schedule next year and being it's horrible. I mean, it is a cakewalk. It's laughably bad. Right now, but you can look at that and you go, well, they did have Oklahoma scheduled, and. Uh, the SEC made them take that off. So they had to scramble. I don't remember who they added, but the, everybody's schedules were made. They uh, couldn't add yeah. anybody, right? Yeah. So why didn't Alabama have to do that with Texas? If Georgia was forced to remove Oklahoma for whatever reason the SEC decided it needed, whatever mm-hmm. reason Sankey said it needed to be, like it would look bad if Georgia destroyed Oklahoma. I don't remember. I think Oklahoma was still better than Georgia when that game was scheduled initially. Georgia hadn't really risen yet. So – why was that game forced to be removed, but Alabama still gets the home-and-home home with Texas? I would be interested to know that. Uh, yeah, I would, too. I don't have an answer for you. Uh, it's more college football BS, right? Uh, I can tell you why. Television sets. But um, So now Georgia's schedule, and it's again, this is through no fault. It's not Georgia's fault that the SEC East is down and has been for a while. and that Tennessee. You can, you can say that, threat. but two of the best teams in the SEC this year were from the East. Yeah. And it's not their fault that the big non-conference schedule game that they put on was forced to be removed. Like I won't actually. No, I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and bash their schedule. It is easy. It's frustrating, but, but I, it's the same reason I wouldn't bash Alabama's schedule in 2012, or 2011, or whenever it was that it was. Oh, 2011 was a nightmare. No, 2012, 2013, those seasons. 2018 was a cakewalk for Alabama, right? But Saban says all the time, it is really hard to go back to back, and Georgia just did that with pretty much flying colors, minus a couple of hiccups here and there. Um, dominated the SEC title game, dominated pretty much everyone they played outside of Missouri, which is odd to say, and uh, Georgia Tech, which is also odd to say, and then beat the Daylights out of Tennessee, the only team that could have challenged them this season on the regular season schedule. Yeah. So you know, I, I no, I don't think I don't think they should be punished for that. I think that's a bigger college football issue, right? And that's you know, it is what it is. But um, okay, anything else you want to mention on the? On the national title game. No. I think I was very well-spoken there. I'm going to... We're at the 20-minute mark. I think we can make this like a 40-minute pod. Yeah, we're just going to give out some uh We're going to do an, some a awards little, now. We used to call this the Patties. The yeah. award show, the Patties. We haven't really done that uh, the last few seasons we've done this pod. I don't really know if I want to call this that. No. I think it kind of died down because I didn't want to steal from the Herbies, which we all know are very important. Very important. And we would never do that to someone I as, wouldn't. As much of a stand-up gentleman as Kirk Herbstreet is, we would never do that. I like Kirk Herbstreet so much more than the average co- college football fan. I genuinely can't stand him. <laughs> I think it's just because his voice has always been just... That's the voice of college football to me. And so I just, I don't know. I mean, yeah, Joe Buck's also the voice of NFL, but I hate Joe Buck. That's a good point, but I don't care as then much again, about the NFL. Somewhere Jim Nance is losing his mind that yeah. I just said that because well, he's listening to this podcast. I go, Kirk Herbstreit is the voice of college football, and Kevin Harlan is the voice of all other sports. Because <laughs> I love Kevin Harlan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Um, all right. So moving on. 
um, we have a couple of things picked out that we wanted to talk about. Just sort of superlative type stuff, nothing massive. Um, Speaking of superlatives, I won best personality in sixth grade. Sixth grade's a weird age to do that. It was, but I won it. And you can't take that away from me. I would never try. And I think it was. I don't know. I don't know that I was voted for that. I wasn't very popular. I think the teachers liked me, and they probably voted somebody that the teachers didn't like. And they go, "No, we we, we got to give it to Pat." Who he is your Who anything. is your favorite sixth grade teacher? Oh man, we had a um, Mrs. Hewitt. Mrs. Hewitt. Mrs. Hewitt. What did Mrs. Hewitt? Uh, I think she was our English teacher. She had a shirtless photo of Kenny Chesney up on the wall, which I always found odd. Actually, I didn't find it odd in sixth grade, but now that I'm an adult, I do. Um, and she would talk about him all the time. But she was really nice. Um, and I don't remember her name. but And then we had Mrs. Morris. She taught math. I really like Mrs. Morris. She was like the kind of like the like nice, more gentle teacher that was very supportive and, and understanding and taught really well. So Yeah. I... Uh so, let's let's go with the first one. Um, the first one we've got is the MVP award. Okay. So this is not necessarily a Heisman yeah, Trophy. Yeah, I'm gonna. Okay. Can I go ahead and give my mine's Mrs. Hewitt? Yeah. <laughs> and Mrs. Hewitt, valuable player. <laughs> um, no, so this the MVP award that we're gonna do is not necessarily like a Heisman, right? It's it's not the best player. It is not the one who did the most or you know whatever. Yet another thing where the best verbiage stats. surrounding it isn't what it actually is, right? Best four teams, most outstanding player in college football. Usually doesn't go to that guy. It goes to the best quarterback. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I just got negative. I, th- I think I think more people are in agreement with you on that. than We're, we're moving well. into a more positive part of the podcast. Uh, most valuable player, most valuable to their team, I think is how we're, we're looking at this. Um, it is easy to reach out, especially on this pod, and pick Bryce Young, I think. Um, but we're not going to do that. He didn't play a full season. He didn't play a full season in the game he was out. They won. Mm-hmm. So clearly he was not because Max Duggan, if he does not play for TCU, they're eight and four this year. Yes. Um, he saved them in multiple at, games. At best, yes. There was the, I believe it was the Kansas state game, the conference championship where they had an entire drive that was 90 yards. Uh, it was like eight plays. All of them were Max Duggan scrambles. Yes. Um, which was Unbelievable. He was uh, one of the faces of college football this year, I'd say. Um, from a pure standpoint of the amateurism of college football, I think he is one that will go down as sort of the people's Heisman. Um, but I yeah, man, th- it's I did think of a, um, I did think of a, an honorable mention that I want to put above that. I, I would I put this. him in second. Yeah, uh, I would say Marvin Harrison Jr. is why yes. I would put it okay. second. Yeah. Um, sure, Jackson Smith. Smith Najigba, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, I wish we'd heard it a lot more this year. He was supposed to be the guy, the yes. wide receiver, him, Jordan yes. Addison, who's going to be better. And he, he got hurt, and he didn't play most of this year. And we all knew Marvin Harrison Jr. was good. It's a good number two option, but he was outstanding. And as good, as good of a wide receiver season and as impressive of a highlight tape as we've seen in a while, I mean, he didn't have better numbers than Smith a few years ago, but he's up there with the best seasons we've seen in a few years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he was really awesome. No, that's a really good answer. That is a really good answer. Um, the next category we had, so shout out Max Duggan, MVP. Yes. Pat's Interference Pod, official MVP. You'll be getting your trophy in six to eight business weeks. Six to eight business years. And uh, along with the um, with the bill. Uh, yep. For the for the trophy. And then the $5 gift card to Subway. I think I just stole that joke from Shit's Creek. No one watches that show anyway. It doesn't matter. I really like that show, and I will um, not take that. I didn't. 
I don't know if you gave it enough of a chance. Ha ha he he. Look at us. Aren't we so silly? Yeah, that's the whole point of the. Couldn't that's the point it. of most I comedies. Biggest letdown in college football. <laughs> Texas A and M. Yeah, it's not close. Speaking of comedies, Texas A and M. Yes. Um, to pay someone ninety-five million dollars to miss a bowl game, and they came in a top five. Do you remember the time that uh, he said that he was going to, or that Nick Saban's father didn't smack him enough mm-hmm. back in when was that? May, June, mm-hmm. July, and then uh, talked about how October eighth his boys were going to be ready, and they were. They nearly beat Alabama. They didn't, but they nearly did. They nearly beat App State. Nearly beat App State too. Boy, howdy. If it weren't for a fluke win against Arkansas, they would have gone, what, one win in the league? Yes. So, um, yeah, no, shout out Jimbo Fisher. Really good job making your team relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Really, really good job. And surely hiring Bobby Petrino will fix it. Jeez, man. Imagine having more oil money than God himself. And instead of just waiting three weeks to hire Cliff Kingsbury with all of that money, you hired Bobby Petrino away from UNLV. Couldn't be me. Uh, best coach. Lots of names to choose from here, but we, we settled so down on Willie Fritz. We did settle down on Willie Fritz. A lot of people are going to be mad that we didn't pick Sonny Dykes. Uh, good coaches don't lose national title games 65-7. to 7. 66-7? to 7? 65. He's a good coach. He's a great coach. He's a good no, coach. No, I'm, I'm knocking him. I'm um, knocking and him. And he probably does. If he'd kept it closer with Georgia, if he'd kept it within three scores of Georgia, we might have leaned his way because taking TCU to a championship, especially in the era of the 14 playoff, is very, very impressive. And doing yes. it in your first year and yes. sort of reinventing the careers of Max Duggan and getting Quinton Johnson and all that, making them you know look like future NFL players, especially Johnson, who will go first round, top 15. That's really impressive. But what Fritz did coming into Tulane and taking, what, a 2-3 win team? Uh, yeah. Sub-500 yep. for sure. Yes. And taking them to 10-11 wins, 11. And beating, and beating USC. And beating the Heisman Trophy winner. In a New Year's Six and Bowl. And beating the hot coach, quote-unquote. Now, granted, USC was one win away from making me look like a genius preseason. Because I remember I picked them in my playoff. True. You Almost did. came true. You I'm did. still proud of that one, if you, you can't tell. And I'm still pretty proud of it. Still pretty proud of it. We, we just got some heartbreaking information. Paxton, Paxton Rimbus just texted us yeah. inside doing trivia. These guys that he's with. Okay, so he's on a big like group date. The guys that he's with are looking up every answer? No. What are you doing, man? It's bar trivia, bro. I genuinely want to stand up and go say something. It's bar trivia. What are you? That's chop. That's, that's so chop. That's the most Auburn thing I've ever heard in my life. That reminds me of episode one of the rehearsal on HBO with Nathan Fielder. If you haven't watched it, highly recommend. Highly recommend. But that's a big part of the first episode. Yep. Is, it's all based on trivia nights. Anyway, um, so Willie Fritz. Yeah. What a, what a, what a job. Uh, do you think, let's, say, let's do this, true, false, Willie Fritz gets a P5 job within the next uh, three yes. years. Yes. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. 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 I For think sure. I think he should have had one this year. I think you should have been on the loveliest village in the plains or something like that. No way. But what would they have done with Hugh Freeze? With Hugh Freeze just sitting right there, you're going to go get Willie Fritz? A guy who didn't lose to New Mexico State this year? People overthink it, man. Uh, biggest surprise team. I don't think there's any surprise in this answer. It's TCU. It's TCU. Right? I, I mean, obviously, you could go Tulane. You could go Tulane. Um, but I don't think that's really but the same. I don't TCU think TCU any- mattered on the national stage, was relevant for two and a half months of the season. Went undefeated in the regular season and, you know, made it to December and went to the national championship. Uh, before we get to the next one, I do want to do our funniest moment. 
Um, we had a couple that we milled around with. College football is a comedy and should be treated as such. I've said that for a long time. I will stand by that. I want that uh, put on my epitaph on my gravestone. Um, so, you know, when people come up to my gravestone, they go, Papa, what was college football? And then they can tell them about the tales from the long, long ago before they killed the sport. Uh, we talked about Auburn not tweeting a final score graphic after getting obliterated by Penn State, which was hysterical. Um, but I think what personally we're funny to us. Yes. What we're going to end up going with is a little bit of a of a deep dive. Um, can can our uh, can our producer run the video, please? If we could run the video, thank you. Podcast is a visual medium. Uh, this one's funny to me for a few reasons, and until I just looked it up right before we started recording, I didn't realize what made it even funnier. Uh, UCF played a game against uh, a, a team we used to play, Scup State. Excuse me. Nope. South Carolina State. Not South Carolina Upstate. Excuse me. I lied. <laughs> uh, South Carolina State. Uh, this was week one. And that's not to say that a lot of funny things didn't happen after this happened. But this was by far the funniest. Uh, South Carolina State's punter. It was a, I believe it was like a fourth and eight, nine. Fourth and 19, excuse me. He ran a solid seven yards over the line of scrimmage. Probably could have had the first down and then decided to punt the football. When they were down <laughs> 7 nothing with seven minutes left in the first quarter. Oh, I had forgotten that happened. I'm glad you remembered it. Um, it was hilarious. Do you want to know the kicker and why this is even funnier? I would love to know the kicker. The punter was number 15. I have not said his name, you'll notice. Because they did not have a punter number 15 on their roster the entire season. No one knows who this was. Right now, number 15 on the roster is a running back who definitely didn't punt the football. Uh, it was just uh, it, its just pure college football comedy. Seven yards over the line of scrimmage and then punting it. It was a good punt, though. At least you tried. At least you tried. Uh, okay. Next category we've got for our awards. Ripping right through these. Most underrated. Now, this is, a, this is one we had quite a few conversations. Yeah, it came down to two schools. It came down to two. There is one honorable mention that I want to mention before we mention those two. How many times did I say mention in a sentence? Um, I think Washington deserves a shout-out here. Oh, that's Penix a good Jr. one. Yeah. Uh, they had a quietly really good season. Um, beat some really good teams. Had a really, really fun Apple Cup. Shows what um, happens when you get the right coach in. Got the right coach in, you know. They got their own Hugh Freeze, Auburn. Maybe, maybe you're next. Who knows? I mean, I do, but who knows? Uh Washington had a great season, but not as good as the other two. Um, Oregon and Penn State. Oregon got lapped by Georgia in week one and then pretty much went on a tear. Largely Bo, forgot about Bo for a Nix long time. pretty much reinvented his career after Auburn tried to ruin mm-hmm. it because Auburn doesn't know how to develop good football players. Right. That's what we're saying. Right, here. right, right. Um, but Bo Nix had, uh, had a great a great season. Um, now, know, Washington did beat Oregon. Was- um, Washington beat Oregon, but Oregon did beat a lot of really good teams beat the eventual beat Utah. Rose Bowl representative in Utah. Um, but the team we're going to go with is the team that Utah ended up losing to uh, in the Rose Bowl, Penn State, James Franklin, with a two-loss year, um, with a hobbled quarterback for a majority of the season. Right. Uh, I think this was the most underrated program, not just in the fact that they weren't ranked very high throughout the season, but in the fact that nobody really talked about them. If you would Told, like I had forgotten that they lost two games and they were finished number seven. Yes, yes. If you'd, if you'd look, if you'd asked me earlier today, where did Penn State finish in the in the in the college football AP top twenty-five? I would have said like, I don't know, uh, 
17, 18, 19? Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just normal Penn State stuff. Beat everybody except Ohio State, Michigan, and lose one you shouldn't, and then finish in the 20s? Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, yeah, it's, it's Penn State. Now, uh, I'll ask you this. True or false, Penn State replicates this next year. I really like that freshman quarterback they had that had to play in Alar. Yeah. Um, I think he could be a dog. Uh, yeah, I think they'll be at about this spot next year. I don't know if they'll be seven. It could be seven to 15, but I think they'll be in that range. I'll go false, and the only re- I don't really know much about what they've got coming back. The only reason I'm going to say that is because I am not – history repeats itself more often than not. Mm-hmm. And usually when Penn State rips off a 10-win season, what happens the next year? And they go six and five. Yeah, right. A little seven-win season for you. So until that changes with James Franklin and Penn State, I'm going to go ahead and say that that does not happen again. But also my again. boss is a huge Penn State guy, and so I have to – Oh, know. I forgot Cheap Zaptos is a big yeah. – Also, shout-out Joe Stumpo, ex-groundskeeper at Durham Athletic Park, the old ballpark. Um, actually, I believe he's in Salt Lake City right now at the turf conference with Cam Brindle. Co-host it gets crazy at the turf conference. You're not. I know you're joking. It's it's real. It's real. Uh, okay, the last category we have is one that I know you have a little soapbox to go on, um, and I want to give you that opportunity. So I will just go ahead and say it. It is Florida State. Mm. Florida State has the brightest future, we think. Uh, but there is a little asterisk there. Brick, take it away. No, yeah, I mean, and I'll talk a lot more about this in, in the preseasons as well because nothing's going to change. Florida State has a bright future. We, we're Big doing time. brightest future of teams that finish outside of the top ten because it would be easy to say Georgia. It would be easy to say Alabama. Tennessee. Right? Yeah. Tennessee, yeah. Uh, which is a team that has a bright future. But they all finish in the top ten. So Florida State's ra- they finished ranked 11th, which is another team where you could say they were also underrated um, because they finished ranked 11, and most people probably don't realize that. Um, no, it's just – Yes, they have a bright future, but people are getting way ahead of themselves putting Florida uh, State Brad in the McMurphy top five. Brad McMurphy put them at four. I have not seen. And now, granted, these are way too early polls. Yes. So we shouldn't take them seriously. I haven't seen a way too early that hasn't had Florida State in the top five. Yes. And I'm just, I'm not buying that yet. I know that they're getting uh, their quarter, uh, Travis, back. I know uh, Jordan that Travis, yeah. Versus coming back and Wilson, the receiver. The majority of... Uh, these folks have these people have Florida State ranked above Clemson as well, which is insane. And to be five at the end of the year, you have to beat Clemson, and you can't lose to NC State in the middle of the year. And I just don't know that I believe that Florida State won't drop two or three that they should. And if you're a Tennessee State, or if you're a Tennessee fan right now, mad that we picked Florida State, don't let Spencer Rattler hang a sixty burger on you. How's that? There's your bright future. And they've got LSU to open the year again. And we know how lucky they got in that win earlier this year. We'll see. We'll see. I that was a fun game, though. That was one of those fun hey, games. Hey, you remember that game, right? That could have been one of fun. That could have gone down as one of the funniest moments. Could have. You uh, Are you talking about you getting locked out of your place being a funny moment? That I was locked out of my place during that game. My parents were there, too. That was fun. Yep. Yep. I'm glad they were there, though. That's awesome. That was That's fun. awesome. You know what? Uh... I'm shout gonna, out, I'm, I'm, shout I'm gonna, out to Eric and Angie real quick. I'm going to throw out another award. Best podcast host, Patrick Brickman. Look at you. You just won an award. Put I'm gonna, it, put it right there out? next to your best personality. Can I Can I throw out an award? Yeah, Cutest podcast it. host, Stop. Patrick Norwood. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> uh, listen, we got a bunch of really good, uh, a bunch of really good off-season podcasts coming your way. We're going to do a lot of really fun stuff. We're going to talk about other sports. We're going to We're going to have a bunch of um, surprise guests on. 
Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and sign these people up without talking to them. Uh, Paxton Rembus is going to come back. He's going to help host an episode. Jade Norwood is going to come back. She's going to help host an episode. I think we should get Cam Brendel back for the Hello Kitty episode. Uh, yes, big time. Yeah. Big Hello Kitty and My Little Pony guy, Cam Brendel. He will be back. Uh, I think... <laughs> Cam, Cam doesn't deserve this. Cam deserves better. Uh, we're going to have Leslie Martin on to talk about Harry Potter. We're going to have Mary Caroline Sharp on potentially for 30 seconds to talk about Harry Potter. She does not want to do this. I'm going to go ahead and sign her up. 30 she, seconds. She might enjoy a Harry Potter one. I think Leslie, but you, she'll just she'll talk a lot. Leslie, you, me, Jade on a pod. MC Wild. Wild times. She would talk a lot. I think wild she would talk times. a lot. I think she'd have a lot to say about it. She'd have more to say about Harry Potter than me. She's definitely more up to date with it than I am. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to have a bunch of... And, again, I'm not sure all those people are going to come on. I would love to get my dad on an episode. I think that'd be a blast. He has been our most faithful listener. Um, I would love to get Chris Jones on an episode. I would love to get... Uh, so many different people on it. Uh, Tyler Cohen, Parker Rhodes. I'd love to get them on episodes. We will just have to wait and see what happens. Um, but, you know, time will tell. Time will tell. Time will tell. It's going to be a fun offseason. I don't know if they'll be weekly. I don't know if they'll even be bi-weekly. We're shooting for bi-weekly. If it turns into three, four weekly on occasion because we have stuff going on in our lives, don't be mad at us. We don't feel don't good. Don't be mad at us. We don't feel good. That's that's the big joke. If you don't, If you don't know, we actually do feel good. I feel really good. I don't know about you. We just did Pat's Interference again after taking a year off. Here, we have empty, teeny tiny beer glasses. That's a clink. That's a clink on another year of Pat's Interference down the hatch. Uh, feelings ball time. This is one of my favorite things we do every year. Absolutely. Uh, I love college football more than I love college football. I love talking about college football. And there's nothing better than talking about college football with your best friend and the whole world. And the whole world, baby. And we will talk to you in uh, two weeks. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Love you. Bye.